Thanks, everyone, for joining us at season two of the Hospitality Hangout. This is a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders here at Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, also known as the finance guy, and I'd like to introduce my partner and friend, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, known as our restaurant guy. Uh, thanks for the introduction, Jimmy. Uh, all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind Branded Strategic Hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. Before we jump into today's episode, which we're very excited about, I just want to let our listeners know that at the end of the show, as we always try to do, we'll have a special invitation to share with our audience, courtesy of our guest today. We think you're going to really like it. So let's get into this. We've been excited to talk about a two-part series where we're navigating human capital solutions in a digital world. Um, with today's specific focus on hiring, retention, and the new gig economy. Gig, a word I've heard more about since the COVID crisis than I ever thought I wanted to. We are so excited, though, to have our good friend and our partner, Mr. Eric Smith, CEO of Clocked In. Uh, Eric, we'd like to invite you to kind of take the lead uh, and maybe introduce yourself to our audience and give a little background on yourself and on Clocked In. Also founder of Clocked Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Shotzi. Uh, how's it going in the Big Apple um, over here in Chicago today? But uh, you know, glad to join the show. Um, a little bit about what we're up to. Um, as anyone who's worked in the hospitality industry knows very well, uh, labor is an equation that constantly reformulates itself on a daily basis. Uh, Call-offs, quitting, new hiring, um, and you know, as as we are in the industry uh, today, a very different place than we were even uh, last year. Um, our focus at Clocked In uh, is you know essentially solving the equation uh, by building a network of uh, trusted and experienced workers who can apply their skills um, in an on-demand fashion. So operators get a gig experience, whereas instead of uh, you know ordering a Grubhub burrito or an Uber cab, they can have a uh, qualified worker uh, on site in under an hour. And, and we, we see a future uh, where this model is going to become a great complement to traditional employment. Uh, very happy to be on the show today. Great to have you. It is great to have you. And, uh, you know, I got to say, to jump right into this, we've been excited to, now that we're working together and really getting under the hood of your company and you guys apparently are cracking some kind of code here because when we talk about clocked in and specifically the retention and the hiring, but really the retention element, it is amazing how people get excited about that given how much time owners and operators spend addressing turnover and the cost of such to the business. But we talked at the, at the top of the show about the gig economy and people seem captivated by what this means when it comes to employment. So can I ask you to, for our audience sake, can you let, you know, talk a little bit about the gig economy, how it came to be and how do you see it, you know, the gig economy as it relates to our home life, our home delivery, how do you see the gig economy be, uh, moving forward? Yeah. So the internet is now in a new phase of its development. When we think back to the grand old days of Google and Facebook and you know the big name brand companies that you know are so established today, really they were utilizing the internet to connect people with uh, other people online. In the uh, past few years, the emergence of the on-demand phenomenon, which we can now see across almost every uh, industry vertical, connects people with people in the real world. My background is in technology. However, I do own a few restaurants now. When we started looking at sort of the overall picture of the operational challenges, we kind of said to ourselves, you know, on demand is 
if you boil it down, it's you hit a button and, um, you know, magically something appears before you, uh, whether that be a burrito or a cab ride or a dog walker. So we kind of took a look at the hospitality industry and said, it would be a real magic trick if I could hit a button and get a Jimmy John's worker in uniform on my line making sandwiches in under an hour. And so we, we kind of looked at, you know, the emergence of this and we've been focused on creating the translation of sort of the gig experience for the workforce and translating that into traditional jobs. Um, and what we found is that it can really, you know, offer a value to uh, workers who are, who are, you know, in mass, usually at part-time, give them a flexibility that a traditional scheduled job doesn't have. Um, and in, in, uh, in line with that, operators are able to transform their workforce from a traditional turnover model where now they can retain workers for flexible capacity, giving them agility, giving them cost savings. There's many uh, advantages as, as this model starts to find its way into uh, traditional business. Hey, thanks for that, Eric. That's super helpful, a little bit about the gig economy. Let's jump into hospitality and clocked in. Let's talk about some pain points in restaurants. I know that you, uh, your partners are restaurant operators out of Chicago. You have a couple of restaurants under your belt as well. So you certainly know the restaurant space like we do here in New York. And I know one of our big pain points has always been turnover, it's training, it's cost of training. It costs a lot of money to train someone. You got to pay them, you know, today it's, you know, $15, $20 an hour. You add that up over a week's period of time, four or five shifts, you know, it could be $800,000 with benefits and taxes, this and that. Give us some ideas of how is Clocked In directly helping on the restaurant side, the hospitality side? How is it helping operators? And then the second part I want to dig into is, is how is Clocked In helping the actual employees, the workers? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, this whole problem manifests itself in a text message that you might get at 7.15 in the morning. You might get at 10.30 at night. And it's something associated with can't make it, I quit, mm -hmm. um, got to call off. Uh, there's always something, and it's always something slightly different. Mm -hmm. But you know what happens is when you're staffed short, it isn't like the dishes don't get done. It isn't like some percentage of customers don't get served. It's that the rest of the team has to pick up the slack. And what you end up with is slower throughput times, crumbs on the table, customers not getting the you know, appropriate level of service. So that obviously becomes frustrating for the customer side, but it's very frustrating on workers as well. And, you know, what we find is that, you know, call offs and turnover lead to more call offs and turnover. Yep. Um, and ultimately, this, you know, impacts a, a customer's experience and customers are very finicky. Um, I think Amex reports that a single instance of bad customer service mm -hmm. can lead a customer to leave a brand loyalty. 100%. So I think, you know, labor being the last 10 feet of the entire supply chain of an enterprise is kind of a question mark. Um, uh, whereas, you know, the food manufacturing that is providing consistent product, the environment um, that has been meticulously designed, uh, the menu items, all of those things, you know, have a high degree of consistency. But mm -hmm. yet the final few feet of this handing your sandwich to you is a variable. And so, you know, we think the empowerment for operators is to basically change the dialogue with employees who the vast majority of whom move on for situational reasons. Uh, this may be, you know, I need a break for a little bit. Um, you know, just had a kid, going back to school, 
were moving. Mm -hmm. But, you know, mostly if you look at uh, the economics of this, this employee is still at the need for additional earnings and hours. What we had found is there's not so much of a desire to have a second job, but there's a desire to have access to additional earnings. And that's where we sort of come in and help take those trained and trusted resources and basically keep them in the system for immediate or re-entry later. Yeah, and I was going to say, I mean, that's all good stuff. And I think to your point, when people don't show up for work or call in sick or what have you, and the strain goes on the rest of the staff, I think it also leads to unhappy employees that are working there unhappy because now this is not exactly what they bargained for, right? Absolutely. So, you know, if you think of a typical employee in a QSR environment, the last day at work, it's not like tomorrow they completely forgot how to do the job. So what we provide is keep the hat, keep the shirt. You've been great here. Wish you all the best in your next endeavors. But know that you're welcome at any one of our locations to come back. And we start to see a boomerang effect where about two in 10 people, lo and behold, they might take another job, but they are available to cover on Tuesday night. They are available to come in and, and handle Saturday morning. Um, so they stay connected. And you know what we see talking about the gig economy and, and, and the restaurant industry is a sort of a one-way highway of talent moving from uh, restaurant jobs into uh, gig jobs. And part of that is the, the, the currency that is attractive to the today's worker is flexibility. So I can toggle on and get work. I can toggle off and I don't have a manager calling me at night and telling me when to work. Um, so we're trying to adopt that and really fit it into uh, the establishment for a win-win uh, all around. So thanks, Eric. When COVID hit and the great restaurant shutdown began, any business or tech service that was reliant on an on-premise, specifically on-premise restaurant business, was essentially put on pause. But the re remarkable thing during this time we've seen is that our partner companies continued to roll new products in the weeks that ensued. And, and actually, we felt there was a lot of momentum building up, you know, kind of in an off-prem world. Can you talk about, you know, Clocked In and, and what pivoting did you need to do or what pivoting did you focus on in the midst of this pandemic? Absolutely. You know, this year we've seen two all-time records. Uh, at the beginning of the year, we had, uh, you know, pretty much 50-year record on unemployment in the positive direction. and. Uh, you know, here by mid-year, we have uh, you know, record unemployment in the negative direction. Um, I think in the restaurant industry, reports are indicating 40 to 45 percent of the entirely hourly workforce has been uh, furloughed or let go. And, you know, essentially what's happened is, you know, management has come in to do the jobs of those uh, whom they used to manage um, as, uh, you know, restaurants big and small uh, have been kind of reinventing themselves in real time to uh, you know, navigate the environment. We took a look at this very early on and, and said, well, if this is the largest unemployment you know, on record, what's to follow is gonna be essentially the largest uh, going back to work effort on record. And you know, for better or for worse, the conditions continue to change out there. And you know, every week we're understanding new things about not only how the, the business community is navigating, but how that uh, you know, interacts with public policy and you know, all the updates from the health community. Um, what we see as one fundamental is that, as well as in professional jobs, a lot of people, you know, get their opportunity because it's uh, about who they know. And a traditional model of job boards um, are going to become overwhelmingly flooded. And those who do get job opportunities 
um, are, are, are going to get them because, you know, they, they know someone who's currently working there or they know someone in the industry. But yet uh, this entire workforce does not have a platform which allows them to interact in sort of a social network fashion. So we really doubled down on that part of the platform, helping workers build their connections to not only businesses, but, you know, other coworkers so that they can, as we're socially distancing, keep their social connections close as far as uh, the work is concerned. Eric, have you seen on the clocked in platform, are you seeing past employees getting rehired now? Uh, yes. And, you know, this is an interesting topic um, because most restaurants have really whittled their teams down uh, to the bare bones. Um, I'm seeing restaurants that are operating quite literally with one person in the back, one person in the front, and that's sure. it for the day. Mm-hmm. What we see is a narrative around the unemployment insurance and, you know, all of the stories that go along with that. But as operators ourselves and in our community, the challenges are a little bit more situational. Um, There are, if you were to think for a minute, the lower wage income, um, the more likely someone is going to be living with roommates and or family. Mm -hmm. So um, you've got auntie living in the house and the family is discussing and they feel unsafe having, you know, said worker come back to the job. Other conditions are, you know, people cannot find childcare. So even if they are ready and willing to, you know, get their job back, the systems around them are preventing them from that. So we're really at a, a challenging time, I think, for all the stakeholders in the industry to sort of navigate this. But I also think incrementally, uh, people will be, you know, coming back to work, and um, you know, and that's really going to follow sales. Uh, you know, labor is always considered a uh, function of of uh, gross revenues. And so as things start to ramp up, and obviously there's variations in geography and the different types of brands, and is it drive-through and, you know, so on and so forth. But we ultimately feel like people re-entering the workforce are going to be most successful by finding opportunities through their connections, as opposed to overwhelming the job boards. You just described Shachi's entire career. All about his connections, man. (laughs) All about the connections. All connections. You know, listen, I think that clocked in, it sounds like, uh, not sounds like, I know that you guys are, are really providing solutions for the management, the restaurant operators, and you're also providing a really terrific solution for the employees and the workers out there. And I think that's really cool. How do you think overall, uh, we know what you're doing at clocked in and it's, it's super cool stuff. How do you think technology will play long term in, in human capital management, HR and the, the whole ecosystem in hospitality particularly? You know, that's an interesting one. You know, I think uh, we're at a point in time where just about everybody we know has a smartphone and uh, cellular networks have crawled, you know, every every inch. And so, you know, my forecast is that uh, what were once internal systems are now going to start opening up and connecting with uh, people's personal devices. And, uh, you know, the issues that arise on one hand become, you know, privacy and the whole, whole host of things related to that. Um, but the advantages become really a connected world that can speed up a lot of the processes which normally have to go through you know, an, an internal system and, and that sort of thing. So I think with regard to human capital, people are using their mobile phones to connect as consumers. And so now they're, they're really starting to understand how to uh, connect as producers. And as the on-demand companies, which we're all so familiar with now, um, and they didn't exist five years ago, Things are moving quickly, mm-hmm. but as comfortable and familiar we are with all of these services as consumers, the labor force has become very comfortable 
on the other side of that as, as you know, providing the services that enable these. And I think that trend is, is really going to continue. Um, I also think that, uh, you know, restaurants historically have kind of been, you know, a lot of people's first job. But, you know, what we're seeing in the statistics is teenage participation in restaurants is down like historically. I mean, it is down like hundreds of percentages. It's really not the first job coming out of high school. So I think part of that is the archaic method that, you know, these people can engage with brands. And so, mm-hmm. you know, brands that are treating their employees with a little bit of a, you know, a similar sensitivity that they treat consumers mm-hmm. are ultimately going to be employers of choice. And, you know, people can engage in somewhat more of a transactional uh, way, which might be different, but I think that's where the talent is going to be going. And I think, you know, anybody who has, uh, you know, teenagers can probably relate to a future vision where, they're interacting with their job through a mobile phone. I think that's only going to continue. You know, Shatsy's got three boys, uh, all about the age of, of what you were just describing in terms mm-hmm. of these new workers and whatnot. There's a day where I imagine, you know, Shatsy and I, we don't leave our house without our wallet, our keys, and then, of course, our phone. As far as Shatsy's boys are concerned, it's all phone and that's it. Wallet is irrelevant. <laughs> they, they leave without their wallet, Jimmy, and their driver's license because that's the only way they have it. Exactly. It's all phone all the time. B-Y-O-D, bring your own device. All right. um, I got to earn my little nickname here. Brandon is the finance guy. So I'm going to shift the conversation to the economy. And I know I just put uh, Shats another sleep, but but stay with me, people. Stay with me. Uh, I'm up. I'm up. up. Beautiful. I'd love to know your thoughts, Eric, on the effect of the $600 federal stimulus and how that's bearing with respect to workers not returning to the jobs. That was a big talking point, that the money from the stimulus for the unemployed was an incentive. And certainly that was very relevant to the gig economy and the hospitality industry. And look, let's just, at the time of this recording, the state of a continued stimulus is still up in the air. Since it's run out, are you already seeing a trend of more restaurant employees looking to now return to work? Since it's run out, what are you seeing on the employee return to work side of things? You know, you're right. A large part of America doesn't know where dinner's coming from um, a week out. So that's, uh, you know, very significant. And I think the uh, you know unemployment insurance as a backdrop, uh, like everything, has two sides to it. It's definitely a, a necessity, certainly in times like these. However, it's introducing a whole generation of people to sort of the realities of being on unemployment. And so you know we've we've actually been you know investigating the potentiality of using our platform in conjunction with you know a lot of the uh, civic offices. Um, and you know, helping to not only drive and present job opportunities to their channels locally, but additionally serve as a monitoring system so that nobody is you know effectively gaming the unemployment system. I mean, a lot of how this operates is you know still very pen and paper, still very manual, uh, you know, manually reviewed. So you know, there exists an environment where if there is a desire, um, you know, I can pretend to go and look for work in you know a, a fairly easy way. And so we think as as things evolve. Um, you know, I think technology will start to play a, a, you know, a bigger role in that as we are right now, you know, it's just a very fragile uh, system where very many people do not know, number one, if they're going to get their job back. Number two, is it a safe environment to return to work? But then, you know, now with at the time of this recording, it's a uncertainty, even if the backdrop is, is going to be supporting them and such an overload on the system. You know, we're, we're hearing stories of some of our, uh, you know, employees who have been you know, now on unemployment, still haven't received checks uh, months later. Um, so it's a really challenging time for, uh, you know, this entire workforce. Um, and 
course, that, that saddens us as operators as we've you know, developed relationships with you know, all of our team members and gotten to know them. And we're kind of in a tragic time, I think, uh, you know, as, as far as that is concerned. And you know, ho- hopefully we can get our act together as a nation to support our workforce. And ultimately, you know, that's going to help support our local businesses, who is going to provide great hospitality for consumers who are going to reward them with sales. No, thanks for that, Eric. And um, and again, we'll we'll touch on at the end of the the podcast today. But we do think what you're doing is important for a number of reasons, including creating you know real opportunities for people to find work, secure extra shifts in this critical time. So while we think you're going to be a scaled, you're going to be you're a, a very scalable and, and you're going to be a very successful technology company for the industry again that we love. We also know you're doing some very important things uh, in the weeds during this most difficult time. You know, I want to try to turn us back and maybe more on an uplifting side, you know, we, we know and we want you to kind of share with our audience the exciting partnership you have with my MasterCard uh, that's in the works and the $140 uh, FIS to boot. So maybe you could share with the group because we think that is a very powerful statement and also a valuable uh, really asset for the company and what you're bringing to the industry. Yeah, great. Um, we're, we're very excited. Next month, we'll be releasing a flagship uh, finance product um, with MasterCard and FIS that is enabling employees to get early wage access. So, uh, you know, as a consumer, if I go and buy a sandwich, it's not like I could pay you next Friday, right? You could. I'm gonna pay you now. But (laughs) basically time is money, right? And being an hourly employee today, you're on a two week uh, pay cadence. But things come up, people need access to cash. And so what our product called Blue Card will enable is an employee who's clocked hours uh, can actually transfer their earnings in advance of uh, payroll. And this starts to get at uh, correcting some of the bad intentions, if you will, of the lending industry. Mm-hmm. It starts getting at you know, solving personal stories where somebody is, um, uh, their child is sick and they, they need $65 to go to the CVS. Uh, there's just mm-hmm. so many situational things that we, we kind of don't see uh, you know, from the outside. But as an operator, you kind of know that when people come into these financial hardships for unexpected reasons, then, um, you know, ultimately that creates a disruption with that worker. They're not bringing their best. So, you know, we think being able to speed up the money is going to be a great uh, value proposition for the hourly worker up tomorrow. That's great, Eric. Let me ask you a couple other things on that same kind of uh, topic. Uh, The blue card for MasterCard is just an awesome initiative you've got coming in the pipeline. What are the new products and features is Clocked In currently developing? What else is in the pipeline? I know you've got a really exciting article coming out in QSR Magazine. For those of you who don't know, that's a, a great trade publication in the quick service space. Give our listeners a little bit of what else is coming through. What else can we expect? Yeah, as you guys well know, labor doesn't uh, you know exist in a vacuum. You know, a lot of Operators have various systems, uh, point of sale systems, scheduling systems, mm-hmm. back office systems. Um, so we are new on the scene. So kind of what's really coming next for us is going to be strategic partnerships with strong uh, technology providers to where we can achieve the one plus one equals five. We're able to bring- That's Jimmy's line. Whoa, whoa, that's Jimmy's line right there. <laughs> one <laughs> okay. plus one equals 11. He, no he, Jimmy. He, he used better math. I, my math is like one plus one better than two. He crushed it. <laughs> right to five. Right to five. So- Go ahead. Sorry about that. I had to, I had to interject. Go. That's that's really what's coming next, Shotzi, is uh, is you know developing partners um, in the ecosystem where we can be a value add, um, and then really working through those meaningful integrations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I think you know in twenty twenty one we're going to have probably some more mm-hmm. you know flagship features to come out, but you know in in the time period we're really just you know 
building our integrations. Awesome. Eric, we've inadvertently come up with our own segment uh, the last few podcasts that we're calling the crystal ball moment. So while I could admit that we're not trying to put you on the spot, uh, we're absolutely putting you on the spot. And we're going to have you give us your crystal ball moment. Uh, how do you see restaurants and dining two years from now in relation to employees and technology? Wow. Um, two years from now? Yeah, we'll sure. give you 25, mo- 25 months. Oh, okay. So generous. <laughs> You know, I think I think in two years from now, we are going to see the impact of some of the re-strategizing with a lot of the major chains. Their third-party delivery is, uh, you know, the good, bad, and the ugly. It's definitely here. We're already seeing redesign of, you know, a lot of the layouts to, you know, sort of fit in with this new behavior that we've all just come to, uh, you know, assume under the pandemic. So I think that is going to obviously have impacts on the uh, human resource requirements for those operations. I think if this crystal ball really works, you know, what I'd love to see is a much closer match of supply and demand in real time um, with the labor needs, uh, you know, of an operation as sales is concerned and the available capacity of trained workers nearby in the market. I would love to see that get much closer. And I think eventually, you know, technologies, uh, you know, the smart scheduling and, you know, a number of other labor planning tools are, are starting to point in that direction, but are still very much disconnected from the needs of a unit operation and the sort of public market, um, if you will, of available work nearby. And so, you know, if I had a crystal ball, I, I would love to see my, uh, I'd love to see my labor numbers going down, and I'd love to see you know my employees, uh, you know, happy and uh, sustained. Okay, Eric. Well, listen, the crystal ball—that's Jimmy's thing, and it's fun, it's cool. <laughs> but let me tell you something: there's nothing like the branded quick fire, and that's my segment. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to give you five lightning round questions. Okay. Don't think real hard. Just give us the first thing comes to mind, okay? All righty. Branded quickfire. When it's all over, the pandemic I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, what's the first restaurant bar? You're a Chicago guy, so I know there's a lot of really good food. What's the first restaurant bar you can't wait to revisit? I am going to Pequod's, and hopefully there's some hockey on. Pequod's and hockey on. Where Shout are you out. Ordering, yeah, where are you ordering delivery tonight? Where are you ordering delivery from tonight? Uh, I order delivery on Friday nights and, uh, so I'm not ordering anywhere tonight, but Friday night we pick a new restaurant to try. Um, and I think, um, getting a little hungry for Indian food, Indian food. Look at that. Nice. Chicago, great pizza town. Not as good as New York, but what's the go-to pizza topping? Uh, it's gotta be the Italian sausage. Can't argue with that. When travel resumes, or at least gets really back up to speed, what's the first place you want to visit? Oh, I'd love to get back down to Austin, Texas. Can't argue with that little barbecue. Thought we were getting him in New York, but not yet. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is the big one. If you were to challenge Jimmy or I to a round of bowling, who would you have the better odds of beating? That's assuming I win, right? uh, We don't know. Um, Who do you have better odds of beating? Oh, my. Um, I'd like to go with Jimmy, but, but, you know, Shotzi, man, you you might have one. So I'm going to go with you. I- <laughs> By the way, that's a very smart choice. I'll make it a very quick story. When I was a little kid, I was carrying a few extra pounds, and now I'm just carrying a lot of extra pounds. My parents <laughs> sent me to a bowling league to get in shape. By the way, I don't think bowling and getting in shape is really – that is a high correlation, but I've had game for a long time. You chose the right guy to beat. I totally agree. Jimmy's <laughs> going to throw that ball. He's going to hit those – he's going to smash those things. <laughs> forget about it. I agree. 
<laughs> All right. Listen, we enjoy, Eric, um, you being with us today and, and sharing your insights. So a sincere thank you for all the information and whatnot that you shared with our audience. Uh, we also appreciate the hard work that you and the team at Clockton are doing to truly support this industry. And that very much includes the team and the employees and just the, the myriad of folks who contribute to make it, uh, again, what we think is just such an awesome place and, and space to work in. And to our listeners, we told you at the top of the hour that we would um, have a special offer for you and uh, we ask you to stay tuned. So I have to say we are greatly appreciative of Eric and the team at Clocked In for all uh, friends of Branded and that of those who have listened today and want to reach out to us for friends of Branded. Clocked In will A, give a free trial and we'll give 50% off the first year subscription to their service. So we've done this for a little while now. That's kind of a wow factor. Uh, we appreciate that, that, Jimmy, that's the best offer we've ever had on a podcast. I said wow factor, but you're right. I respect you. That is the best offer we've ever had. So I think Eric's lost his mind. I think he's crazy. (laughs) Well, it's five o'clock somewhere. Who knows? Maybe he started drinking already. Yeah, I think he's been drinking already. But uh, but in all sincerity, uh, for friends of Brandon, he's offered uh, the free trial and the 50% off the first year. If you want to get in touch with Eric or Clocked In or discuss anything you've heard on the show, including this great offer, please email us. That's your email, Brandon, at admin at brandonstrategic.com. That's admin at brandonstrategic.com. And we'd be happy to make the introduction to Eric and his team. Finally, to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and we appreciate that you choose to hang out with us. Finally, if you haven't uh, already done so, please subscribe to our podcast. You don't miss out on the exciting guests we'll have up and coming in the near future. And better yet, invite a friend to come and hang out with us the next time. So until then, I'm Jimmy Frischling, your finance guy signing off. And to my dear friend, Mr. Schatzberg. I am the restaurant guy, also known as Shatsy. And thank you for listening to the Hospitality Hangout. Cheers. Thank you.